DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Hey, Edwards, what's up, bro? <laughs> Man, we back in action. You know how we do. Hell yeah, dude. It's been a while. Shit, it's been, I know, probably six months or more since I talked to you last. Oh, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's, what's up? What's been going on? Man, you know, moving and shaking now before we get everything everything rolling. So, being that it's 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 Christmas from us. Brought you a gift. Today. Oh, man. See see that right there. Now we are not sponsored by this company. <laughs> but hell yeah. It's organic tequila, Dolce Vita. Hell yeah. Highly man. highly recommended. Okay. Now I've not tried it, so I don't know. Okay. But we're going we can go ahead and Send it your way. Hell I don't yeah, know. Dude, I appreciate it. I know you tequila man. Get straight oh, to the yeah, point. Dude. Hell yeah, it looks good. I was gonna say if you got a cup, man, you can pour him up. I ain't scared. I don't have any cups on me right now, bro? See, damn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I figured. I stock though. Yeah, but I <laughs> figured. I figured that because I seen one of the one of the little snippets from the episode, yeah. and the man had the had the fancy. I can't remember the plata. Uh, plata. Uh, Classe Azul. Yeah, yeah. The little white one, because yes. I've seen them before, and there's different levels of those. Mm-hmm. And so he had like the first level. There's some there's some black ones. Yeah, the black was like twelve hundred dollars a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And secondary market is wild on that too. Yeah, yeah. So figured I could bring you something to where it's middle of the road where you can try it. Dude, I want to try it. Looks good. Looks great. It's a uh, like it's, they're at Austin, bottled in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Four point nine out of five stars. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll, I'll definitely let you know. And I'll keep glasses on this. Sh- I'm gonna have to start keeping glasses on the podcast every show now because uh, everyone knows it's like, oh, uh, we might drink tequila on this show hey, if we come. So. You got Hey, I just figured. Look, man, it's Christmas. You yeah, got. Yeah. You got to get after it. Saint yeah, Nick. Yeah. Saint Nick got to visit you. Yeah, yeah, bro. I appreciate that. And then um, today, extra special dates. My this is, this is a national holiday. I need to let you know this. So did anybody know this? This, this is Lessmas. So it's just like my little brother. Okay. Well, I grew up with it. I mean, he's three years younger than me, but it's his birthday. And so it's not Christmas. This is Lesmas. So okay. win- winter solstice is today. He yeah. he just ran 60, 36 kilometers for his 36th birthday. Nice. 22 point something miles at 250 pound dude. Dang. That's insane. Damn. It took him like six hours today. He just called me before I came in here. Well, happy birthday to Les, man. Hey, man, that dude's wide open. Hell yeah. That's what's but up. He's Marine drill instructor. Dude's wild. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ran 22 miles this year. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't, no point, ain't no point in that. Hey, I'm telling you, if you ever see me running, I'd bump my head. Yeah. So, man, I've been doing uh, well, I've been doing some running in CrossFit, but it's like on Mondays we do like a Spartan workout. Yeah. So I'll do, we'll do like a mile run. So I might run a mile a week, you know, whatever, okay. mixed in with other stuff. But I hate it. <laughs> Dude, after that leg injury, I can't really run. I, I can do incline. Like if I get uh, three to 6% incline, I can run real fast. Or if it's on turf, I can do like linear stuff. I can run. I can chase somebody down if I have to. It just the days afterwards, it doesn't like it. Yeah. So like the quad tendon didn't really dig it. That's rough. But hey, <laughs> you know what's coming back? Are you back? Like what percentage are you at now? Do you think? Shoot. Strength wise, hundred. Okay. Mobility wise, fifty, sixty. So I can't sit on my one heel. Okay. It's annoying, but we're gonna get back there. It's that way. I got the physical therapist got me some blood flow restriction cuffs. Like they got a, a crazy one. It's like five grand. And that they're going to take me through the, you know, Jadavian Clowney, the football player. Yeah. So they put him through that blood flow restriction training and that it restored his quad to the exact same as what it was. Damn. So I'm trying to get after it. They got to come in two weeks. So I'm one of the test subjects. Okay. It'd be fun, man. Hell yeah. Dude, that's, that's, uh, that's nice. Yeah, that's I need to get back on the mat. 
That's a hell of an injury right there. Hey, <laughs> the comeback is what's going to be cool because yeah. you can go, man, all right, we made it to the top, got dumped right back to the bottom, rehab that's been 18 months now, and that um, total reconstruction, like all the way reconstruction. Well, um, we talked about it, I believe, briefly last time, but what what's actually caused that you know, injury so everyone uh, can hear? Well, so at the World Championship, so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World yeah. Championship 2019, at the second match out of seven, I partially tore two heads of the hamstring. Okay. And so I still had five matches to go, and I didn't come there for second place. Exactly. So you do what you got to do, right? And I told my little ones, I said, I'm going to come home as world champion. They So they said, okay, you know, we're ready for the medal. So you tear the hamstring. And there's no way I'm coming home without what I told them I went there for, right? So I'll go there, do the thing, and that I knew that I heard it. And I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to take it easy, dry needle in, do the stuff, rehab, whatever. Started getting better, and then I was warming up in jiu-jitsu class. I just did just a reverse lunge. Didn't nobody touch me. Nothing happened. Just a real quick change of direction, and then you could hear it like a zipper. Mm-hmm. So went, boom. And I fell out. That's all. Oh, are you okay? Then I knew. I said, no. I rolled right up my hip. So <sighs> crawled to the truck. Drove all the way home like an idiot. <laughs> Told my wife, I said, give me them crutches. That I'm, yeah. I tore it. She said, no, nah, you didn't tear it. And I'm boo-hoo crying because I knew I tore it. Mm-hmm. And then they had to give me a shot two, a shot or two of Toradol at the, the dock in the box before they could kind of examine my leg. Because I was coming off the table, man. Mm. But they told me I wouldn't walk. So I got surgery October, I don't know, 8th, 9th, something like that. And that they said I wouldn't walk before Christmas. I threw them crutches away at Thanksgiving. Hell yeah. Said, no. Well, here's the deal is they tell you that, okay, this is what your body's capable of. I don't know what mentally your body your body's capable of. So they said it's the worst tear they ever seen ever. He had I seen him after MRI and they said I need to see you 6 a.m. the next morning. Have to be on the surgery table if you want to walk again. Okay. So I did what the doctor said and that I got a big 14-inch scar. And then uh well when they tell you that, they don't understand mentally what you're what right. mentally you can make stuff change. So <clears throat> like yesterday, I hit a or not yesterday, last week. I hit uh, a post, shoot, I'd say since 2018, uh, snatch PR. I hit 225 for a double Ooh. on this bum leg. Ooh. So we're going we to get I'm back. I was snatching 165 yesterday. Hey. talking about 225. We're going to get, <laughs> hey, get all the way back. Yeah. So now, granted, I, like, and I, I still can't kneel all the way back, but it's going to be a process. And even if I have to figure out like yoga or whatever dry needling, therapy stuff that we can kind of combo as close as I can to get back to the heel. I don't know. Maybe we get back. Maybe we don't, but at least now quality of life is better. I can walk and that maybe I'll never compete again, but I'd like to get back on the mat. Yeah. I mean, that's the start. I yeah, mean, man. Get the mobility back. I mean, you're going to have to, I mean, that's the first step. Anyway. Plus I miss them guys. Yeah. Like I missed, I miss all them like Wayne and them. Yep. That's good people. Yeah. And so I ain't even about the competition. Well, I mean, it's just, it's dude, it's, it's family, like it's family. Like you get in there and you push each other to like a level of giving up. You know what I mean? When you really don't want to, because I don't care how good you are. There's someone in there that's always better than you. You're gonna get thumped. and they will they'll fuck you up and, and, and it puts you in your place mentally. But it's also great therapy because it's a good way to relieve stress without hitting people in the face. You know, it's more of a relaxed stress, a more calculated stress reliever. I say, but also I still enjoy. I I hate. I get frustrated with jujitsu. I don't hate it. I really respect it, but I get so frustrated because it's just a 
you can learn every single time. There's so much to it. Correct. And I have a very addictive personality, so I don't want to get back into it to where it takes over everything because I have like a new path now where I'm like doing more Spartan style stuff and oh, more, cool. more um, you know, getting ready for potential CrossFit competitions coming up. Uh, so I'm like, okay, so I need to stick to this because you can't, you know how it is when you're doing all strength training, you can't really do the mobility stuff too. It's, it's weird. It's yeah. different, especially if you're talking about the CrossFit competition. Yeah. I, I, uh, that tell you the CrossFit story? I used to, I used no. to clown them dudes. No, oh, I, I used to clown, did oh, I used to clown them. I used to, couldn't stand it. As soon as you said the word CrossFit, yeah. my whole demeanor sour up like, ugh. Because it, it went against every rule that you're ever taught with exercise physiology. Yeah. It, so deadlifts are supposed to be between this percentage and this percentage for this many reps, for this many sets, with this much rest, right? And then as soon as you say, no, reps for time, snatches for time, and went, whoa, time out. We're talking about force development. We're not talking about work capacity right. and that that's not meant for this. Mm. And so I used to clown on it. And then they said, man, I bet you can't do it. And so I don't like somebody <laughs> tell me I can't do anything. <laughs> so I said, all right, bet. And so I went in and did, I went to like a little local competition yeah. and like, I, I did really well, but I got humbled and I went, Oh, Okay. This is different. I'm still getting humbled it, every day, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I, once I realized it's just a different sport with a different set of rules, so it's not wrong no. if you do it in the context of that sport. Mm-hmm. And so I used to really hate on it. And then I realized, wait a minute, it just has to do with coach programming and the athlete's health. So if the athlete moves well and has good mobility and has good recovery, that and then it can be okay with the right coach and the right program. Yeah. If you have a if you have a crazy ass coach that wants to metcon you every day and has no no plan of action, no annual plan, no mini or macro cycle, then you can get lost in the sauce and then you have slap tears and back injuries and biceps tears and yeah. you're just bad. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing because like you realize that, you know, and I've had this conversation. I don't know if you and I talked about it last time, but I've I've I know people who are listening may have heard me say this before. I'm sorry if you have. <laughs> but I've had this conversation like to where I used to work out every single day, but I had a regimen to where I was working one single muscle every sure. day. So I'm still getting plenty of rest in the rest of my body. Sure. What I didn't realize was I wasn't really pushing myself to capacity anymore because I got so lax, even though I was mixing up the workouts. I wasn't elevating my heart rate to 180, you know, correct. And so now I'm a new workout's thrown at me every single day. Correct. Well, not every day. I'm only doing it like four days a week. And by the time I'm on that fourth day, I'm done, son. Like, and I need those three days of recovery. So it, I've got a new perspective on recovery because Mm -hmm. I'm in a new boat, you know, and it it was the same thing in mixed martial arts too. It was the same thing where it's like probably five days of training per week and you got to have those recovery days. Sure. It's very similar, but, um, I respect it now because, man, it's just – it's very similar to martial arts training. It's like every single day and like a weird part of me sore. And I'm like, what is that? It's even right. sore right there. But I see development and, you know, everybody sees it. It's like, okay, your body's changing. I feel healthier now because I don't have that big bloated bodybuilder look anymore. You know why? It's because your body is functioning the way it's supposed yeah. to. So bodybuilding, even though it looks really cool, right, mm-hmm. is unnatural. Yeah. Because you're – all right, in the jungle – in some third world country, a bodybuilder would mess around and die because mm-hmm. he can't go and do, you can't climb a tree. You can't, you can't plow a field. You can't do the stuff. So with this kind of stuff, with the right program and the right mindset, if you're not trying to be a games athlete, you're probably gonna be okay. Yeah. And that if you're now, if you're trying to be a games athlete, I'd say 20, 
20 to 25 years old, it's, yeah. that's your window. Yeah, I agree. Any, anything above 25, your body does not have the resiliency resiliency to bounce back from that those three and four training sessions a day, yeah. right? So with the, the CrossFit stuff, very cool with the right coach and the right, right mindset yeah. because as you age, now you're using it as a conditioning tool, a mobility tool, a strength tool, and that you can make sure that you can scale it if you need it. Yeah. And that you don't have to follow a back bias, chest tries kind of thing because right. it's not as functional as what you need yeah. it to be. So I think it's cool. And in certain stages of life or certain phases of training, you could either interject that or take it away. And you say, look, I'm not progressing on my stuff. So I need to focus on just basic strength training or I'm getting overuse injuries from overhead activities. And you say, you know what? I need more horizontal pulling or I need one side versus the other. You balance things out. One-sided carries. These are things, things that kind of help you with life, carrying the groceries. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. One-sided one side carries. If you have a kid, one-sided carry. Yeah. Like just, just basic things. So I think it may be more of a, a gap filler than something that people should argue about. Yeah, me too. I agree. I think that um, initially when it came out, <clears throat> I had started it probably 12, 13 years ago when I was in the peak of uh, – martial arts i was also doing crossfit too because it was next door sure and it was frowned upon because it was a trendy thing like a cult thing and now it's um well versed people kind of work themselves out of it. it's either you're 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 fit for that or you're not um but a lot of people are doing it at a scaled level just for for uh you know just all together just general wellness, work you know capacity, what I mean? you know what yeah I mean? but it, it's scaled you know we're not trying to sit here and no, dude. You know, PR every day and stuff like that. I, I on the other hand, will try to do that. <laughs> but you know what? It's cool because you can push the button when you need to. You don't right. you don't have to. Now, well, if you're in a competition gym and that's what you signed up for, yeah. that's a different right. thing. Well, this is what I have realized about it. And I don't want to talk about me too much. We're going to talk about you. Well, but <laughs> this is what I realized about it. It's those days that I really, 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 I would pull up to the gym to, to go fight train. And I would sit in my car for like five minutes and I did not want to go in. And it's oh, not, you know what I mean? I, yeah. It was not that I, I didn't appreciate it and enjoy it. It's just like, I was just like, God, you knew it was I'm going to get my ass kicked today. But then after I leave, I feel amazing. So um, I'm getting that sense back sometimes. Like before I go to the gym, I'm like, shit, I don't really want to go today. But after I leave, dude, oh, God, it feels you, so good. You just hit on a very important point because mm-hmm. the physical therapist, I, we just had a birthday party for one of the ladies in there. And he said, uh, he said, what's your training like? And I explained it to him because my training is very different than most. And I tailor it to the age and season of life that we're in right now. And so when I explained it to him and I explained, if you're not a little nervous, you shouldn't do it. And he said, what do you mean? So I said, if the weight doesn't scare you, probably it's not for you. Exactly. If, if that, if when I say the word sprint and you grimace and you don't do it, you just shortchange yourself. So whatever is scary to you, mm-hmm. that's what you need to double down on. If you're excellent at doing giant weights for five reps and it doesn't do anything for you, don't do as much of it. I agree. I agree. Try things that you're, you're not good at. That's try the, to get better at something because if you're just going in there to be in your comfort zone every fucking day, what's the point? And yeah. it's boring. And then you lose the, you lose the reason why you train in any, you got to have that mentality too. You know, a lot <clears> of people <throat> don't, but if you can, if you can just entertain that mentality for a little bit, it's, Works wonders. It works yeah, wonders dude. for like mental therapeutics. You know, your body being confused and actually different muscle growth in areas mm-hmm. you never would have seen it before. Not to mention a shock to the system and you know gaining muscle really quickly or, or losing fat really quickly. You know how those yeah. things goes. And it's crazy you just touched on that. 
I just talked to an airman today and I talked to him for about an hour. It was supposed to be a 15 minute visit and it turned into an hour, like big brother session, mm -hmm. which sometimes that happens. Yeah. 26 year old kid. He just, you know, they had a 18 year old or 18 month old little baby. And he was like, man, I want to talk to you about training and that, you know, I'm just not excited to do it. And it, and I told him, I said, okay, so either you got to change the time you train or you got to change your mind to train. And he looked at me crazy. Like, what do you mean? I got to change my mind. I can't change my time. I train after work. This is when I do it. I said, okay, well then you got to change your mind. He goes, well, what do you mean change your mind? I said, well, all right, so bear with me now. Training is just mental fortitude. That's all it is. It's not lifting weights. It has nothing to do with you making your body stronger. It does not. It is making sure that your mind will take you through something that is really bad and that you don't want to do. And that when the bad stuff in life happens, you do it that way better. Because yeah. that physical exertion, that, that physical practice that we call it, will lead to the mental health that you're looking for. So it's, it bleeds into everything in life that you have. So phys being physically active to me is, I mean, that's about as crazy as somebody telling me don't brush your teeth. Yeah. So <laughs> like, it's a non, it, it's a non thing. It's a non decision. Like when you're physically active, I don't care what physical practice you do. If you're a yogi, if you're a CrossFitter, if you're a power lifter, if you're a cyclist, I don't care. If you have a regular physical practice, I promise you that your mental health will be far greater. Yeah. Right. And that the way that that you approach that and how he needed to change his mental about it was instead of saying, oh, I have to. No, no, no. It's you get to. Mm -hmm. So I get to put myself into a place I don't want to be. So that way, when I get to things that are really hard, I'll make the accurate decision and I'll be healthy enough to do that. Right. And so that way. When you reframe it, oh, God, I got to do this. I got to do this. No, you don't. What the answer to this is, is just like you don't want to offend people by not brushing your teeth. Yeah. You do not want to let your family and your friends and your colleagues down by you being less of who you are supposed to be. That's a good perspective. Because without phys physical exertion and mental health, you're going to treat people different. You're going to carry yourself different. People can smell it off your skin. They know who is about it and who is not. It just is what it is. So if you carry that over into marriage, oh, I have to do this for my spouse. No, I have. No, you don't. You get to do this because they chose to be with you. I have to do this for my kids. I can't believe I got to go to this little league game. No, no, no. You get to do that. You have the privilege that a lot of people don't. And that when people understand, like when you make a conscious choice to, to help you, then it bleeds into, no, I get to go see this stuff. I get to, I get to have my people see this is a normal occurrence of life. Like dad just trains. I get to be vibrant. I get to be alive for a long time. And that you start to infect people because there's even a thing called like mirror, mirror neurons, where whatever you see and say, see me do and say, you're more likely to do and see and say. Yeah. So imagine when you're a kid, you were watching a ninja movie, right? For three hours after that movie, you were kicking and flipping and doing all the stuff. Now imagine hearing me bitch and complain and moan about everything in life. Guess who's negative Nancy exactly. now? So, yeah, exactly. So imagine if you see me throw down every day of my life and everything that comes out of my face is positive. More than likely, you're probably going to be better because negative people can't hang around me. Can't. It's not possible. So in my sphere of people... There is not one negative person that can be around me. If they are negative, usually we get into a very heated dis 
exchange and they leave or they change the way that they are because you're going to attract what you give out that whole mirror neuron thing. You will not bring me into that light. I'm having an awesome time. I'm training my face off. I love life. I want to speak good into everyone. And that when you get around that stuff, it's infectious. You cannot be around that without, without doing it. You can't not possible. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. And I told that kid and he said, I never even thought about it like that. I said, well, here's the deal. If I could talk to my 26 year old self and say, you will never be 26 again. You will never be 26 again. You may have hit your last PR ever in your life. I can remember my last PR and it bugs the shit out of me. What was it? 625 for a double on squat. Oh, I remember yeah, it. I remember it. And yeah. it, you never know when your last one was. That was my last one. I would never, I'm not even, not even sniffing 200 pounds close to that. Yeah. But you got to approach every one of those like it's the last time you will ever be there because you may never be there again. That's a good, that's, no, that's a really good point too. And that's, that's a, a shitload of weight, you know, and man, how much do you weigh? Now, shit, I'm heavy now. Yeah. Like 208. When you hit that. Oh, like 189, yeah. 185. So that, 185 pounds and 625 pounds on your back. They always get after it. You know, ass they always be a thing. Ask the grass, man. No, I mean, no, I appreciate it, but I completely agree. I wish I could go back to my 26-year-old self and have a conversation. Yeah, man. I wouldn't have wasted five or six years doing dumb shit. You no. Know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And my potential of my physical capabilities while, you know, drinking and partying the whole time, I was doing physical stuff, but I could have been at the, the peak of my Yep, you know, fitness and, and me- that, mental state would have come earlier than it yeah, just dude. now. It's just now getting lined up right these days. You know yeah. what I mean? And that stuff, like <clears throat> that, knowing that I'll never be 26 again. I told him it's like a snapshot. That day, that's your Polaroid, like old school Polaroid. That is the Polaroid of that day. You will never get that thing back again, never. So you you can't ever go back to that thing. And if you half asked it, you know you half asked it, and you just have to try to do better tomorrow. And so the same thing is when I think about my interaction with my kids, like when they were little, like tiny little people and there's like, they, that little block was so important to them. Like they're like, Oh, look, look, look. And it, to them, that block is like everything. It's their whole life. But to us like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Being conscious and paying attention to like that thing, that snapshot is gone. Like my kid will never be four years old again. I have an 11 year old daughter. She would never be five years old again. It messes me all the way up. And I had like a major life epiphany, major, major. And it made me realize like, this is real short, really short. And that if you don't take advantage in that stupid carpe diem thing, I hate that. (laughs) Seize the day. It's not, that's not a thing like seizing the day. That's too broad. How about you? How about you capture the minute? Like when you're in it, like I'm directly locked into this thing. When somebody's in my office, I don't give a shit who comes in an office. Jesus himself could be outside and he can wait because it's, it's one of those deals that if you are not intent on that thing that you're doing, when he was saying he was half-assed in training, that's going to bleed into everything else. He's just going to be blah about his wife, blah about his kid, blah about his job because he didn't set that first thing of, Oh, I'm going to help me. Cause if I quit on me, how many other people going to quit on you? If you quit on you, do this. You know how much you don't easy it is for somebody that's not invested in your skin to quit on you. Exactly. And not only that, I mean, if they're quitting on themselves, they're going to quit on everyone else around them. See what I mean? Yeah. So when you capture that snapshot and you say, 
I'm gonna let I'm gonna have me win so I can give to others, and that you infect that whole thing around you with the whole mirror neuron thing that copying humans are copiers. That's why things trend. Them stupid things when people are doing like this. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Dude, no, no, we're no, we're no. copiers, right? And so if you give out, like if you give out that intensity of good, they're gonna copy that. So shit, I hope that people that whoever sees, I don't give a damn. I hope that whoever sees this, they start saying, you know what? I think what I'm doing is not what I could be doing. And they just change it just slightly. Well, that's the biggest thing, right? And um where we get off and I forget about this, you know, one subject no, you touched on is like putting yourself in a position where you're uncomfortable. It's so far fetched these days. And it's almost it so do I. But it's almost like oh, that kinky sex thing no one wants to fucking talk about. You know what I mean? Like hey. it's just something weird that people it makes people being out of your comfort zone makes people extremely uncomfortable and being in the moment and not just like you said, instead of seize the day, seize the minute. How many minutes are you living to where you're distracted by multiple different things and not putting your one minute into that minute? You know what I mean? I'd rather have two excellent things than 200 half-ass ones. Exactly. But it it happens, and it's because of just how we've developed. You know, we have so much, you know, we have so much going on, and we have our attention is very, very limited. And so it's like everything's easier now. Amazon going to the house. You know, grocery shopping is easier. Everything's easier. There's less restriction. So conversations about being uncomfortable make people extremely uncomfortable and it's just harder to double down. So I could see where people are even more unlikely to do those things because of, you know, all this new anxiety and shit. And people want to, they want to dial it down like mental health, like, Oh man, you're being a pussy because you're having these issues. It's not, it's not that it's just because traffic is so high compared to what it was 50 years ago. True. There's so many more moving parts and it's easy it's, it's really easy for us to get distracted and not focus. And it's also easy for us to take that, you know, more comfortable route, even though it may not be the best route for us. But I completely agree. I'm, I'm one to where I'm like, no one cares, work harder, but you got to get to the root, to, the root of something first before somebody can make that mentality shift. I'm a huge fan. Like when people are wrestling with that, like my heart and your heart may be someone's easy day. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Well, definitely. You know what I mean? It's all it's all perspective. And so I have I'm a big fan of running towards anything that makes you afraid. If you're scared to talk to your mother in law about her annoying ass habit that she may have, <laughs> not not my mother in law, <laughs> but we're we have open lines open lines of communication. Yeah. And that if if you're not willing to to have the uncomfortable conversation, if you're not willing to improve your health, you don't have to be an underwear model. If you just so that way you're not reliant on pills, right? If you're not willing to improve your health, if you're not willing to show up for your kid, if you're not willing to be the team player that makes the the team more money, not just because it's your raise, but it's because it's the right thing to do. If you're not willing to do the things that are holding you back, and we like to self-medicate ourselves with whatever distraction we can end, and that's just human nature. I'm not no judgment on my end, yeah. but trying to be intentional about Number one, you control you. You don't control anyone else. That was part of that that major life thing when yeah. I when I realized the big things have shifted. I attended a couple of really good courses. I'll tell you about it. But when you control your own skin and don't worry about anything else, magically things get better. So when you control your own skin and you train yourself to 
the best of your ability, even whatever your set point is, doesn't matter. If going for a walk around the block is hard for you, go around the block. Don't care. If sitting down and doing math with your kid is hard, do some math. Don't care. If turning off the TV is harder for you, turn that shit off. It's just do something that makes you not comfy. So then you earn your leisure. And the, yeah, and then as you <clears throat> as you get to more difficult tasks in life, it's easier to overcome those. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Because you face adversity. No matter if it's the smallest piece, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. So like that course I was telling you about, it was it's yeah. an emotional intelligence course. Okay. And it, so the emotional intelligence course and organizational leadership, both together. It was a 72-hour course. They slam-packed it in because it was supposed to be like a five-day thing. And that it completely blew the doors off the way that I look at myself and other people and how I speak to them. Completely That's crazy, blew That's crazy the doors for you off. to even say that because you don't seem like the type of guy who's going to sit down in a class and come out of it any different because you're all, Dude. you're so, you know what I mean? You're so outgoing already and, and you know, very unique. And so that I'm interested to hear about this. It blew <laughs> the doors off that thing. So, okay. If I tell you, if I, t- okay. What to you means inauthentic. So let's just do that right there. A little, little experiment. Oh man. Uh, what do you mean? Like an example? Yeah. What for, for like your definition, if I, if you were to say, what is inauthentic to you? Not real. Good. See, now there's nothing wrong with that answer. Right. Right. And by definition, it, is, it just means that you change something to the left or to the right that was not its original intent. Mm-hmm. So if I called you inauthentic, so let's say that there was a scenario and your wife said, hey, do you like my shirt? Do you like my stuff? And you said, no, man, you look great. And inside you went, I don't like that. Yeah. I would say you're being inauthentic. Right. Now, my initial reaction, I got pissed. I said, because he told me I was being inauthentic. When I gave him a scenario, he said, no, you're being inauthentic. And I looked at the the, th- the man and I immediately was had my guard up and went, the hell are you talking about him being inauthentic? Because where I come from, that's being fake. Right. And so he said, no, 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 sir. He said, I want you to think about your answer. He said, I don't care about what you said. He said, the definition is the definition, regardless of your opinion. It means that you are not being truthful in that scenario, which means you are inauthentic. Not that you're an inauthentic person. You had an inauthentic moment. Yeah. Moment doesn't define you. Yeah. See what I mean? But in those kind of terms, when you speak to people, Mm -hmm. words have very large meanings and that I could say a word and you say a word and we think two different things. And that's how arguments start. Definitely. And so the way that I speak to people now, I speak exactly down the line and say what it is and listen to what they interpret that word is. Listen to how they interpret that phrase because they may take great offense by that. Okay. Give me an example. So if I said, if I was negative Nancy all the time, right? Right. So negative, let's say you have someone on your team, no matter what you say, they shoot it down. Just, just flame. Right. Oh yeah. I know, that, I know people like that. And they, <laughs> they have, uh, they have an analytic personality mm-hmm. and they want to pick and pick and pick and poke things. Right. And so instead of getting mad and like coming at them because that's their way, that's their tendency. That's how they interpret things that they are going to be wrong before they're right. Here's how you rephrase it. Well, Hey Jim, you know, they got this thing. No, no, no. It's wrong because this, this, and this instead of that. And my initial reaction, like this mother. <laughs> what, what you do is you say, Hey Jim, I know that you really do a lot of research on this thing. Hey, can you pressure test this yep. 
and let them naturally do their gift of poking holes in things. So that way, when they give it back to you, it's right. Instead of getting offended that they're always negative, 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 you can get right around that and say, hey, Jim, can you can you poke holes in this for me? Because they're going to do it anyways. You know they're going to. Yeah, I've, I've had those scenarios in business a lot to where, you know, you have to uh, make it someone else's idea. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> and that was, so learning how to do that and create a solid team. Yeah. And that learning that if I told you that this can right here is heavy, I'm not wrong. You're right. And that, or if I told you, if anybody had a political affiliation and they said this, this, and this, they're not wrong. And accepting people that, man, I value what you said. Here's what I think. How can we create this thing that's together? The, man, that's the biggest thing we're facing right now. Just value that. And it politics, or if you say um, that can is not heavy to you, but that's your reality, not mine. And that's Okay. Learning to not project my expectations onto people because I want everybody to be the shit. Yeah. I want you to be hard charging. We're door kicking. We're getting after you. Love people. You want to be around people. You need to be positive or you need to get away from me. Extra wrong. I was projecting me onto them and that I am an extra extrovert, right? Extrovert. So you even learn about the person that you are by taking this crazy ass, this crazy ass test. And I took three of them and that what I thought I was is exactly what I am. And that extrovert that is very intuitive, but will cut your neck off if you don't follow the protocol. So it's, there's four letters that go to that where you have some people that are introverts that are more, that are not intuitive. They're data driven and that they, they get spoken to by numbers and facts and paragraphs and that nature where Extroverts, introverts, they smash together and that you think that they're a recluse. They think that you're or you are too, too loud and whatever. You're not organized enough and that that creates dissension between teams and people. That's how arguments start. And that if I were to say a word to you, it like inauthentic or if I were to say um, weak. And you're going, well, what is weak? Is it is it? physically weak? Is it emotionally, mentally, financially? What is it? And that you may interpret that thing extra offensive when all I was saying is, oh man, we just got some work to do. May not even meant nothing about it. It was so insightful and that not trying to change people for who they are. So like if you have somebody like a kid, like I'm sure there's lots of people that have kids that are real tech savvy and they love tablets and all this stuff. And I used, I'm real old school, like throwing rocks and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm get off the tablet, man. It's been, it's been two hours. You ain't, I ain't even seen your face. You ain't even listening. And that he said, the one thing you, he said, you will do anything for your child. Won't you? I said, yeah, I'd do anything for him. So you do anything but one thing. What do you mean? I'll do anything for my kid. No, you won't. And I'll tell you why you will not let them be themselves. Yeah. That's a big issue in parents. That's you, a big issue in parents. You will not let them be yourself. You are trying to push them into what you want them yes, to be. Exactly. That's that's the man. I can go on a whole tangent. Dude, it's insane. Well, I mean, that's what happens in sports, right? Insane. All these little kids being forced to play baseball that hate it. You know, Dude. you know, or or, or the the dance the overweight, the overweight, uh, overweight dad in the corner yelling, yeah, and get cussing their out. kids out because. They didn't play right because they're just upset that they didn't make it. Correct. Same thing with the dance moms who can't cut it no more. Just want to reflect it on the girl. Dude, dude. See what I mean? See what I mean? And that when he said that it, I mean, it hurt my feelings. Like I got choked up because I immediately thought, I can't believe that 
I'm doing this to this kid. This kid is so gifted in different areas. And I say, he said, sit down with them and see what it is that they really, that they're great at and what they love and what they think. And that's what made me think of that block analogy of to them, that's their whole world. So find out what it is. So I sat down and said, Hey, can you show me the roadblocks thing? She showed me blew my whole mind. She had had her whole, she had uh, this mansion she had built to the tiles, had weird little reptile pets in there. She had designed the bathroom. I mean, it was for real deal, like an architectural thing. Mm -hmm. So it was a learning game. And I'm thinking she's just dicking around on here, just not paying attention. And even on YouTube, she's watching informational things about how to do stuff. Another big thing is the the YouTube. and, and And I think people need to pay attention even us at home, like watching what they're consuming because you can take what they're interested in yep. and make, and make a shift and run with it. Yep. And it, that's the, it was like, the coolest, yeah. man. So it, that has impacted the way that I, that I speak to my wife for sure. Um, because our arguments were, we are, she compliments where I'm not good, but it also drives me crazy. And some of the ways, like, because she does not think like I do. And it made me go, wait, time out. She didn't grow up in the same house. Right. She didn't have the same experience. She didn't have, like, she grew up in the South versus the North. She's a female, I'm a male. Like, it, it's, you got to take things into context. So when I say it blew the doors off of how I interact with people and treat people, complete shift. Even my son, such a blessing because he just started wrestling. The dude was wild, right? And that... I went in there and my first reaction is I know exactly what to do. And when I'm watching the coaching and my first reaction is like, okay, I got, I got to step in because no, 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 that's not right. Or put your hand here, put your knee there. And then I just sat back. Cause yeah. I said, this is not my lane. No, you do that, that at home. Yeah. Yeah. Not my, <laughs> yeah. Not my lane. Right. And that I don't want, I don't care if he's good. Don't care. Yeah. Would it be great to me? What I, I, man, I'm to my chest would stick out forever if he was excellent at something I knew about. But I don't care if he's I don't care if he's good or not. I do care, however, that he learns to listen to a coach. He is doing something physically active. He's excited about it. Like he even went and ran and showed the barber his wrestling shoes. He was so <laughs> excited. And that knowing not to project myself and to be the mat dad. And yes, I have lots of experience and I could teach the coach, but why? Yeah, he has a good thing going, and he has asked for my input from time to time. I put my shoes on, and I help him. But that's not my program. It's not my place. Yeah. And that knowing that without that course, I probably would have, like, gotten angry if he wasn't trying on a takedown or being, you know, you know, the little kids that kick the dirt up in the outfield. Yeah. There's no reason to be upset. The dude is about to be five. It's He's five. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a, man, it's a whole ordeal. That's great, though. That's a good point you brought up because that is, that's such an issue. And I know if any of you, any of you listening or watching, you've been there before. You've either experienced it as a kid, or you're the parent doing it right Dude. now. And we're all we've been guilty of it in some way, or some shape, or some form. The spousal thing, or like the significant other thing. I think yeah. truly, if you could just pause and think of number one, number one. All right, would you do that said behavior if they were standing right next to you? Yeah, no, of course. So that's, I conduct yes. myself like that all the time. Yes. If she was standing next to me, would I still say it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I sleep real good because of that. Number two, think of their perspective before you open their mouth. So sometimes a pause. So I've started pausing. And then instead of like barking back, 
I say, you know, how can I help you? Or what's the problem? Instead of my usual, like I'm a combative person. Like if you come at me with fire, I'm not taking a step back. I'm going forward. And it just, that's the makeup. It's a fighter. You don't go backwards. You go forwards. Mm-hmm. You bite down your mouthpiece and say, oh, we're doing this? it's so so learning the other side of that and how to how to take an l gracefully is cool yeah i yeah that's very yeah it's being selfless in that part is most of us bullheaded men like fault as far as not doing that because um i've had these conversations with my wife too it's like you know the great thing about us is like you can have a difference in opinion than me but we can still we're still married. We're still getting along. Yep. I'm not saying that I agree with your opinion nope. on this thing, but let's agree to disagree and move forward. That's the biggest. That's the biggest problem in society right now, right? Yeah. But I mean, uh, approaching it that way has been um, very great for us. And I think that I was a bachelor so fucking long that I really, when I finally found someone that I actually wanted to spend like, uh, you know, donate myself to, agree to oh, say, yeah. hey, I want to live the rest of my life with you, you know, and connect. Um, I was like, well, I made all the mistakes, so I know what I, I know what not to do. So let's apply the other things. Yeah, you know dude, what I mean, just being calm and never like if I, my principle lately is if you raise your voice, it's not a conversation. Now. Oh, oh, yeah, and that's and the biggest thing, especially for my kids, man. I grew up in a household where there was a lot of yelling. Me too. And uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be my household because, man, it was. It was, it was bad. You get stressed. Oh, dude. Yeah. You, you shouldn't be stressing a child out. You know what I mean? Not at that, not at that level of, you know, that's just projecting your problems on them. And then if you do, it's, it's cool for them to see the resolution Yeah, of that. It's, it's okay to disagree and that you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You just had a spin out and you go, all right, cool. All right. We're good. Just same thing as when they fight, they get over it. And it's not like they're sitting there staring at each other with their knife and fork, cutting, cutting right. their food. Like, I wish you would go to sleep. <laughs> That's the funniest things about kids, man. You have um, siblings. It's like, I guess growing up, you you lose sight of it because you're in the moment. But looking at them, and, and they can hate each other one minute, and then a minute later, they're hugging each other. That That's, shit is wild. To as me. adults, we should have that same yes, that same but grace. We don't. We don't. We, we hold, hold on grudges, to grudges like shit. Not. But they're they're so they're so real. Um, they're so real and authentic. And what you see is what you get. And it's because they. I guess because at that age, you know, they haven't learned to mask their emotions. Yep. You know, they're they're being themselves because they don't know anything other than that. That's the truth. And yes. that's why I say trust a child. Yeah. So I don't know if I hit like a midlife crisis or what, <laughs> but there was there was something that that just broke in me where I went, no, I think this is the wrong way. Yeah. And that the intensity is not going to fade. It's just going to be put into making sure things are positive and that. Even the money side of things, like it just doesn't do it for me. Like, it, yes, it's great to be financially secure. It's great. But it doesn't drive me. Now it it's drives the so many care people, of But people. it's for the wrong reason, right? Because like the financial thing is like for a very, very, very short satisfaction moment. Too. And then it goes away. And I've noticed that. And I've had that conversation too. I'm like, look, I've been broke and I've had plenty of money. And I like in between where I'm enjoying everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I really do. You're not freaking out about bills, no. but at the same time, you're not staying at the office mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. to try to get right. the check. Yeah. So, like, we took a we took a trip to the to the canyons this summer for because my wife just retired. Which well, congratulations yeah, to her. Hey, man, excellent. Hey, 20, your ass now, boy. 21 years of service, <laughs> man. 
He's 21, and I saw I, as a as a gift to the whole family. Instead of like, oh, we're going to the beach, lame. We went out to uh, Zion, so I, I planned it out, which is not me. I'm not a planner. <laughs> so usually I just like to fly by the seat of my me pants. Too. We have me fun, too. right? Yeah, me too. But I actually planned it out. We rented, I flew into Vegas, rented an RV, and then spent the next eight days doing the canyon tours. Yes. So it went to Zion. If you've never been to Zion, that's one I of those. I haven't, but I want to go. I'm telling you, if you hike the Narrows, it's one of the things you would never, ever, it's, you can't describe it accurately. It's not possible. You hiking in through a river between nine thousand feet mountains. Yeah. It's insane. So we did that. So I had this. I had this idea, like Griswold family vacation. <laughs> and so I said, well, with her closing this chapter of the military, and that my kids being big enough and sturdy enough to kind of do it now, you have to get along trapped in this RV. You have to find a way. And that I did it in the hottest month, like idiot. It was 118 degrees in Vegas when we flew in. <laughs> and, but what we did is I said, look, this trip is going to be a hot mess. I know it, but I'm documenting every second of it. Bought a GoPro strapped to my chest and just let it run. Really? So all the arguments, all the fighting, all the campfires, all the whining, all the everything was documented. So that way, when they look back and when we look back, you had, you, you had a good time. Then you need to see that stuff. I think that was part of like that, that mental sheer. Like it just said, mm, I see what is valuable now. Cause when I went out there, I was pissed at myself my whole life. This thing has existed and I never have, I never even investigated it. I was so consumed with how much money I'm making. Am I finishing my degree? Am I, what, my selfishness that when you go and you see things like that, it puts things into perspective of, I kind of want to work to go see that stuff. That's my thing, man. I, I've, I had this conversation too. My wife was like, you go to things like this, you realize how insignificant you are. Dude. You realize how minuscule your fucking problems are. Yeah. You're like, this is so much bigger than anything I could ever even say that I've done. Like this is this structure and this is just, makes, I'm an ant, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm so insignificant, but it makes you appreciate it more. You know yeah. what I mean? Not in a negative way. I don't mean in nah. a negative way. I mean in a positive way that, that our bullshit problems are not that big of a deal. Dude. But the thing, what you said about looking back, looking back on all those arguments and all the, you know, the hot mess that was going on during the moment, you can also see that even though there was some bad, you know, sh- shortcomings in, in that long stretch of time, that overall, it was still a great time. Dude, so you can appreciate stories. the great thing, and you can pre- appreciate the small things that may have been a roadblock here and there. Without it, it's a boring story. If everything yeah. went well, right? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, we you know <laughs> we scratched off a ten thousand dollar lottery ticket. We we never had to fill up on fuel. We mm-hmm. seen everything. It was just great, great, great. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want that. Nobody yeah. likes that movie. So when you when you look back on it, yeah. We had some spin outs. We seen some crazy things. I had a four year old kid that hiked seven miles in a river. That's insane. So when you're looking at it, you're going, how do, how do you, how do we manage that? My mom came along. It was just a, it was a thing. So you went to Zion, then you went to Bryce Canyon, then you went to the Grand Canyon. I don't ever want to go there again. <laughs> do we, there's no guardrails at the North Rim. Yeah, dude, you I, mess around and fall. Dude, I, I did. When we went up to this last trip at, uh, continental divide up in, um, just on the other side of Denver there. Oh, nice. Uh, Loveland Pass. 
I was flipping shit because we were going to go up there and elope and I, we were going to do the thing with Indian and all this oh, cool yeah. shit. I didn't know where the address was, neither did she. We just got a waypoint. Ooh. Well, I'm driving up there and there's 18 wheelers passing me. Nope. And, bro, there is no. There's no guardrail. There's no fucking guardrail. And it's. Straight. We're 12,000 foot nah, up. Nah, nah, nah. And she's like, hey, by the way, there's there's no. Like, gosh, that's. that's Long ways. I'm like, shut up. No, like, no. I've been sweating. I was bro, driving through the I was sweating. I was stressed the fuck out when I finally got there. I was trying to get all like dressed nice and shit. Like sweating. in the I bro, I was stressed the fuck out. Dude. dude I, man, I was driving this stupid RV is 34 feet long through the winding mountain oh, roads. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. And I was in the SUV and I was like freaking out. Hell no, there's no way. White knuckling it. Kids mm. were like throwing paper airplanes mm. and mm. fighting with each other. I said, sit down. But now you but now you can talk about it and appreciate hey, it now. You know what? But that's that's the cool part about it is without like without like defining something like that, trying to get out there and do something that you never done and create memories instead of acquiring things has really been impactful for the last, the latter part of life. So learning like with that course, that was after that thing. So I was more receptive to it. I think leading up to that, that's where the major thing went. And I was like, no, I think I'm doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm, I'm chasing all these accolades, which are cool with trophies on your case or whatever. Right. But what are you doing it for? Like the whole th- reason why we go to work is to support and enjoy the people we care about, right? What else are you going to work for? Yeah. So to me, it made it very simple. So now I'm about to go do another one in the summer. <laughs> I'm going to uh, Washington State okay. where I go up to Seattle and then go to Mount Rainier and then go to Olympic State Park where – did you know about the Olympic National Park? Yeah, I've heard it's about legit. that. And I still want to do Yellowstone. I want to do all that oh, stuff you see, up there, man. We I got to talk about all this. Yeah. We got to talk about this. But highly recommend doing the RV thing because you go going camping, man. No, I love it. Easy. I love, I'm, I've had that conversation too. When, once I'm done with all this, kids are raised, I will live in one. I lived in one briefly for about a year. Oh, so you know. Yeah, but I wasn't living in it camping. I was just living in it to save money and do be at multiple places at one time. Yeah. But I've experienced enough to know that – I could love to just be on the road for like two or three years and yep. just see everything I want to see yep. and live very, very, you know, slim, not having much expenses other than, you know, fuel and food. Yep. Little, little, uh, campsite thing where yep. you get, you get your water, your sewer, you get yep. your cable. And then my plan, if I could do that, let's, if I ever hit the lottery, that's probably what I do. I buy a really me big too. one Me too. and then travel around the cities and that homeschool the kids for a year. Just travel around to the cities and then stop at an interesting place, find a gym to go train. Yep. And you you see what little little things out there. And then for one year, you see the whole United States. Yes. That would be badass. That's what I want to do. I, I definitely, like, that's on my list. And it's not going to be a bucket list because I hate that word. Nah, bucket list never get, they never get filled, man. Dude, I didn't have the money. I'm be honest with you. I didn't have the money. I'll put it like this. I had to budget some money that you could have put elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I'd have spent it twice over. It was uh, exactly. It was such a yeah, thing. of course. It, it doesn't seem. It's like God. That seems expensive. But if you think about it, as much money as we waste on going to this, you know, restaurant for dinner or doing this bullshit or, you know, whatever, buying, you know, this and that, you yep. know, for kids that really they don't need when we no, can, God. You can tell a story with something else. You know what I mean? No, I'm right there with you, man. But that was all part of the since the last time I spoke to you. Major life things have have happened that whole thing so it you know like people say i wish i'd have known then what i know now yeah. i think i'm in that place well, dude, of I, knowing yes. the things now 
that's one of those things is that like it's it's funny because like you're at your heightened potential physically in your mid twenties to early thirties. Yeah. But you don't really hit your height heightened physical, I mean mental capacity until like you're in your forties. I know, so it's man. Like, it's fucked up because like shit, if I'd have known this then you know what I mean, but I'm getting towards my grown man age. Yeah. You ain't grown to you at fifty. No, I agree. So when you're fifty, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, what yeah. you will and won't put up with. Yeah. And that you're just kinda like, ah, kick rocks. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And that we can be friends. I mean, we can be colleagues, we can be friends. Right. It's just one of the things. Like, I shake your hand and we can go get a sandwich, but you ain't come to my house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. that, that's usually the move, man. Now, you said something about the pops, and I can't remember what you were talking okay, about. Okay, so last last podcast, um, anyone who knows you and loves you, which I get comments all the time every time I'm going to have you on, and people are looking forward to listening to our conversation. So I know they want you to finish this, but we were talking about um, you were – I vaguely remember this, but you were saying that you were going through some issues where why were you chasing these accolades so much, and you – you contribute it back to maybe something to do with like trying to prove something to your father. Oh man. And we yeah. got, we had to stop. We didn't really go any further into that because we shifted gears on something else. And then afterwards you were like, well shit, I wish I would talk about that more. So let's talk about that. That's no all right, I, man. I think you had said, if I remember correctly, you said something about um, once you won the championship in uh, jujitsu oh, that um, yeah. it all hits you and yeah. you hadn't really got to reflect on it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, after, after I won the big one and that I always wanted to prove to him like, Cause he was a super athlete. Mm-hmm. I come from a family of super athletes. No, we couldn't tell, dude. Uh, I looking, mean, there's no way you could tell by looking at this fella. Like he, and, and I'm, I'm a runt. Like as far I, as that's as insane far as, to think about, bro. I mean, the runt for real. He that man was gigantic. Where him and his brothers, all of his brothers, my grandfather was humongous. Like they were all very capable human beings. So it's weird to walk in those footsteps. And that you're always, hey, that's Clarence's son. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's Clarence's son. Yeah. And that it didn't intentionally drive me, but I wanted to show him, like, I was one of them, too. And that there was a lot of, like, he had some bad substance abuse issues. And that great person, terrible habits. Got you. And so some of that like turned into some spousal abuse. Yeah. And some of it turned into criminal stuff. And that. Obviously, you know, you don't want to dive into it. He's already passed, so you don't want to dig in too deep, dude. But there was part of me where he was so big and so scary and that there was nothing that I could really do to him to to help my mom or to, like, protect anybody. Where I used to have all these drawings as, like, a little kid, and it's weird. I Like, all those drawings, I look back, and all those drawings had this big person. Weirdly enough, I turned into exactly that thing. I look just like them drawings right now. The same build, same everything. So you kind of, you cultivate that thing. And that, um, so when I was, when I was doing all my athletic stuff and coming from where we come from, there's not much money and there's not much, there's not much uh, upward mobility, put it that way. And that, there's not really, it's not a bad place, but it's not a great place to where if you, if you don't have like a railroad job or like a factory job, like it's hard to climb the ladder. And so I viewed my only way was to show like my family first and foremost, cause you got to go to family functions. I respect them more than anybody of not only am I one of you, but I will never be known as Clarence's son. You'll be known as, Hey, that's Nate's dad. Yeah. So it turned into Clarence's son, Clarence's son. It's like, Oh shit. Like he's real. That's Nate's dad. And that the roles reversed because 
I started outpacing everyone because I would show up before everybody and I would leave after everybody. And I would practice with such intensity that not a lot of people wanted to like be in that kind of space Yeah, because there was something that had me not wanting to quit because like when I say you can't quit on you, really when I was doing that, I, I wasn't doing it for me. I didn't, I've never, matter of fact, the only time I've ever done it for me was the world championship. I've never done any athletic accolade for me ever. Never. It was always for, like, I wanted him to know, like, you made something great. Yeah. And that you were always trying to prove, like, you were, you were, you were good enough. Like, broke kid from coming from Michigan, nobody really knows what's going on. And that there, you're always got that chip on your shoulder of, like, oh, yeah, you know, eh, it's all right, that's what it is. So for me, I was always at the mindset, I'm going to show you. So you will never outwork me. You will never, you will never say that you broke me ever. And so when I'm training, that's when my intensity comes from. In my entire life, I didn't care if I lost. The loss was irrelevant because I wanted to break that person. If you ever see me again, you never would sign up for that again. <laughs> never. Yeah. And that every tournament, you would see him break. You'd see him look and go, shit. I could see him look at the bracket and they go, shit. Because before any match, even a track meet, I had it in my head that you were taking something from me and that I had to get you because I can't disappoint him. Mm-hmm. I can't disappoint him. I can't disappoint my mom because everybody looked at me like Superman. If I can't do it, what happened? Like If I can't do it, who can do it? So it wasn't for me. It was for them. So I had this giant pack on my back of expectation because here's somebody coming from a very small place with not a whole lot of opportunity that if I can't make it, I have to go back. That's a problem. So for me, everything was extreme. Everything went to the nth degree. If I put weight on there, best believe that I'm trying to win. If, if, you said, hey, here's this thing to get you to the next place. There's nobody on the face of this earth that could tell me I can't. Not possible. And it's one of those things that part of it was fear, but it also was the not being accepted of who you are, where you're from, and whose son that you are. It's very large shoes to fill. And then after that, now you represent a university. Yeah. Now you represent your whole hometown and university. Now you represent, you represent a fight team. Now you represent everybody that you ever came in contact with, every client, every athlete, every teammate, every cousin, every aunt, every whoever. Every time I did something, the pressure got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it propelled me to some pretty cool stuff. But it also was a very negative thing to chase because nobody would ever know it, but I didn't do it for me. Yeah, I did it to not disappoint them. And then when he died, it, it really put it in overdrive because I said, okay, I can't squander what this is because I was given a certain set of gifts and that if he were to see this, I wish that he could see what really happened. Mm -hmm. Then when I won the championship, it's like everything just broke because then I won it. 
boo-hoo crying. You would have thought this was the greatest thing that ever happened in life. I walked out in that parking lot, and I mean, like, can't stand up crying. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, what the hell? I thought this was going to solve everything. And it, I think all it did was it made me take inventory of why did I break myself for 25 years for the approval of somebody that all you had to do is show up? He didn't give two shits if I was the greatest ever. I thought for sure that if I wasn't, then I was a disappointment. So for me, it was a humbling thing. Like, granted, would I ever take that back? No way. I've lived a thousand lives. Right, and the story to tell is you know, amazing, too. Like it's you don't, insane. You don't miss out on any of that, but at the same time, now you know why. That that is, that seems to be. Fru- I mean, that I can see where that would be frustrating, dude. You when know? I wanted, I thought that it was going to bring this giant closure. Mm-hmm. Hell no. All it did was, it made me realize that the trophy. It wasn't the trophy. It wasn't the championship. It was me busting my ass. That he was so proud. Like holy hell! Like this guy is mine. That's what, and I see it with my son. I don't give a shit if he's good. I want to see him work. I don't care if he loses every match, but he's the hardest worker. He shakes people's hands. He is an excellent human being. And I didn't realize this, but me chasing all that crazy stuff made me the person that I am and that I appreciate people and that I care about people. And I understand about suffering and making sure, making sacrifices and appreciating, you know, when times are good. So, even though he will never see it, I think that he has changed my life for the better forever. Because without going through all that bad stuff and really having to dig down and pulling like the Rudy, I had no business at Central Michigan Wrestling. No yeah. business. I was just a tough kid that, that was pretty damn strong and real mean. I had no business in there. There's world champions, cadet team national. I mean, people, they were badass dudes. But... Because of, I'm not going home. And that I can't, if I went there and I like washed out, that looks like shit yeah. on me. And that it, I would be afraid that he would be disappointed. It was such a weird thing, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you got to think about it. I mean, it's very surreal too, because you're just talking about how kids are so real and you imprint them so easily. It's, it's, it's easily done, you know, to yeah. someone to where, they take all the that adversity on so early and just carry it with them mm-hmm. for 25 years. Dude. And that way, he didn't, and granted, he never, ever said, I'm disappointing you, ever. Right. Like, he, he always tell me, man, you're the greatest thing that, uh, he. this is word for word. He said, you are what I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you not? You have to outperform at that point. How do you not? Yeah, you have to. I mean, if you tell me that, I yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You just kind of go, you bite down on the mouthpiece yeah. and you say, all right. And that my mom, on the other hand, has, I mean, I never worried about disappointing her. She's my biggest fan of my whole life. Biggest fan of my whole life. I don't give a shit if I was painting a picture. She probably still has stuff from when I was in the damn fifth grade. Bet you. It was the, I already knew she would always have my back for some reason. Like I wanted to make sure that the big man knew like, all right. He could brag to his friends, like, yeah, that's my kid. Yeah. I don't know what that is, man. It's hard to put your finger on that. I mean, it, I mean, he was such a, you know, staple in whatever circles y'all had, yeah, I guess. Dude. So you felt like you needed to be relevant in that 
circle too, even though you already were, you just didn't think you were you because you can't see it. The shoes to feel. No, you, you know? can't see it. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I think that's a common thing. That's why I really work hard to not project that expectation on none of my kids. Yeah. And that I have two incredibly talented kids in gymnastics. My two older girls, the one, one nationals. I mean, yeah. yeah. They, but I, I downplay it like, Hey, great job. All right, man. Are you having fun? Are you having fun? Not did you win? Yeah, and I put it on a pedestal to where it's pressure. Because nope. if they have pressure, I mean, look at all these, you know, childhood athletes that fold as soon as Dude. as soon as it's like a pressure eventually that it it doesn't turn you into a fucking diamond. Eventually it erupts. No, it turns <laughs> you, know I mean? you turn you an alcoholic. Exactly. Exactly. It's truly, because you know, like as wild as I am, I could imagine if I got into if I turned that attention into drugs and alcohol. Dude, me too. Like I, I just you know I just tiptoe and, and have an occasional drink here and there these days, but I could only imagine now like the personality of wanting like to that? overdo it. Yeah, I'm addicted too, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. When people, what I always say is I don't understand how you can be addicted to something that's a substance, but at the same time I get addicted to fucking performance. So I get it. It's you know the same. I mean? It's the same yeah. high. Yeah, it's the same high, and that um, I don't know, man. It's a, I really like the pops thing that that's a chapter, but it, it just comes and goes. So Mm -hmm. now it'd be more like a legacy thing of taking all the good stuff and then knowing how to pull back and say, your life is not based on this and that you don't have to completely get yourself in a wheelchair to prove that you're a good person. Yeah. And that teaching that to the kid. Yes, athletics are the greatest thing that I can think that would mold a child into teaching them how to win and lose correctly. And that as a parent to watch your kid do something, you know, where they have to struggle and they have to lose and they have to sacrifice to go to practice. Remember, we got practice tonight and practice every day of the week. Um, But showing them that you don't quit on things and that you have teammates that you're going to go, you're going to practice and you don't let them down and that. That's the value. The yeah. value is not the win. You don't yeah, have to be I the agree. champ. I agree. Uh, there's a fine line between, at the same time, and I completely agree, there's a fine line between a participation trophy. Too. No, I don't you believe in that mean? shit. I don't like you know, that. I don't like know, that. Me either. Um, I think that, you know, you show up, you do the best, you win, you take home the win, you move on. It's like giving um, empty compliments. Yeah. I don't give them. No. If I tell you look nice, you really look nice. Yeah, I'm not going to bullshit you. <laughs> you. You know what I mean? So, no, no, that's a good thing, man. What you see is what you get. And that's that's the thing. We're in a weird scenario right now with society. It's just like, you know, like everyone's offended by something, but yet no one uh, wants to be accountable, bro. No one wants to be accountable. All right, so can like, we can we put this out there? Am, is this going to get raced? Uh, let's, dude, go, go. No, I'm not racing anything. Let's so, do it. If we put this out there. For any and all people that are listening, stop taking yourself so damn seriously. Yeah, no shit. So look, everybody is at fault. We're all at fault for putting up with this BS. Nobody needs to be in their feelings. If somebody says a weird word to you, it's just a word. Yeah. So if you don't like the word, don't talk to the person. If if you're in if you're in your feelings some kind of way. Get to get to an atmosphere that people are going to be supportive of you. Yeah. You don't have to hang out with said people. It's okay. Like the sensitivity thing, I really and truly believe we should bring back somebody getting punched in the mouth. I agree, man. So there's yes, you know what I mean. Like yeah. remember when you were a kid yeah. and there was a fist fight every now and then, yeah. and that was okay. And it straightened it out. And it was okay. If you talk shit, you got hit in the mouth. And that's okay. <laughs> and that yeah. you're going to win some and you're going to lose yeah. some, and that's okay. Yeah. And that. A word, if you don't like it, confront the word 
There is no like, well, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell. No, no, no. Say, look, I didn't like how you said that. What did you mean by that? And be direct. There's no passive aggressive thing. Teach that as a child. Look them right in the face and say, I don't like that. Yeah. Why did you say that? And if they say, well, God, I think this. And it's like, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And then you can either press forward and say, all right, I ain't going to talk to this person. Or they can be combative and then you guys can handle it. And then we move on. But if you if you are very direct, then you get the right answer, even if it's not flattering. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Like, no one wants to hear no, right? No one wants, and, and not only that, like, so you have people that, and this goes to all realms of what we're dealing with now in society. It's, you know, from political to personal things to, you know, to people being attacked on the internet, from people being um, shut down, you know, like, um, you know, for people being canceled. That's dope. You know, I, I agree, but it, here's the thing. You have, you have a bulk of people who are irrelevant, have nothing to do. They have nothing. They're mad. They're negative. They have nothing that makes them feel empowered. True. But they know if they can get in a group that preys on attacking others to get themselves attention and some type of, you know, self-fulfillment, then they do it. So we have that side of it. Then we have a side of it that doesn't want to deal with any adversity. So they just go along with these things, you know, and then we have another side of it, a very small at this point in time now who wants to be direct and wants to have a conversation. But when you have a, try to have a conversation with that other side, you're just going to get canceled because they don't I mean? like your words. Right. So that's, you know, that's the biggest issue we're facing right now all across the board and everything and not just like not even get on politics, no. everything like in society as a whole, that's what we're dealing with. right now. Oh, All right. So that whole thing really and truly can be solved pretty easily and that nobody knows everything. So don't think that they know everything. Oh. And that if you don't like word, do you know how easy it is to click unfollow? Yeah, exactly. If you don't like a post, it's okay. Like you can you can unfollow somebody without them even seeing yeah. that you unfollow. You just don't follow their feed. And that if you don't like a person in your work center, you can be around them. You don't have to like, well, go to HR without, you know, confronting them. You can say, hey, man, I didn't appreciate that. And that I'd appreciate it if you did this, this, this. Now, if they violate after that, okay, there's steps and course of action, whatever. But really and truly, what... I, there should be thicker skin. Yeah, I agree. So if somebody if somebody said a bad name to me or like I don't like Nate, he is he is too intense. He is pilot whatever whatever they want to say that they, they don't like me. They don't like yeah. something about me. That would be my cue to say I'm sorry that we couldn't come to an agreement. I think we could have been great friends. Maybe at some other juncture we can we can come together on something else. We don't have to hang out. Yeah, you can you cannot like somebody and still be professional. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, at the, I completely agree, and I wish that we could convert to that. I don't know. If, I don't see it happening, unfortunately, because there's just a very small group of us who actually won't resolve but like to face it head on without all the bullshit run around. But you still have all these people that love drama. And you know what well, that brings? That brings, a, that brings everyone sitting behind a screen watching because they get some sort of fulfillment out of people arguing. Oh, you I got I mean? you. you see, they come to see the dumpster they fire. They come to see the show. <laughs> they come to see the dumpster fire. And uh, they're going to stay right there tuned in. And that's that's what's made everything going on blow up and, you know, just trickle down into, you know, in all facets and been negative is that people show up just to see this yeah. shit. And all that audience just creates more audience and more. I got, I got the answer for everyone. I got the answer for everyone. All right. So we're going to lay it on the table right now. Okay. The answer is treat others kindly. Yeah. Right. 
So the, the, the one, the main thing is treat people kindly, whether it's male, female, gay, straight, doesn't matter. Treat them kindly because it's a human being. Doesn't matter your political affiliation, your religious beliefs. It doesn't matter because that is their truth. What, who are you to say that it is wrong? Treat them kindly, right? When you're, when you're teaching kids, teach them to be kind. It's not teaching them to be right. Teach them to be kind. Yeah. That's, that, a very, dude, that's very important. You just said that. We're not teaching them to be right or to argue their point. Teach them to be kind. Teach them to be kind. Yes. And that, once again, male, female, first grade, fifth grade, doesn't right. matter. Teach them to be kind and that try to find similarities versus differences. That's the easiest way that you can say as an adult, as a kid, if you teach a kid to be kind and find similarities, they're more likely to have a large group of people that can help them through problems. Number three is get over yourself. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit no what you're cares. doing. At no 15, one cares about you. <laughs> dude, at 15, I used to think everybody was looking yes, at me. Yes. I had to have my jeans. You worry about that one zit too, man. Yeah. Hell. Like we're about, nobody saw that shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> Not one cares. So Everyone has their own shit to deal once with. Once you realize that no one cares and that you can treat people kindly, like in your head, it's a giant deal. And you think everybody's looking at your fails or everybody's looking at your success and you, you buy cars to impress people you don't know. It's stupid. So here's the deal is treat people kindly. Teach your kids to be kind. Get over yourself because you ain't that important. And then after that, try to set out some form of physical practice, mental practice, and some kind of self-discipline to help you do those aforementioned steps. So if you're physically active, if you're mentally present, if you eat things that were alive, you're probably going to treat people better. You're not trying to be a dumpster fire drama queen yeah. and you're going to teach your kids to not replicate those steps. It's usually a simple answer is like the golden rule thing. It's pretty real. It is, man. It has nothing to do with religion at this point. No. It's just like it, you do good shit. Good shit happens. You treat people nice. People are going to treat you nice. It, and it's, I don't care who you are. No one likes to be treated bad. No. I don't care. Even if you're in some, some S&M shit behind the doors, <laughs> that's a very, that's a very, very, very short period word. in your life. Yeah. That no one likes to be treated bad. Everyone in on this earth that I've ever come across with all walks of life, if you treat them nicely, they feel better. Correct. Okay. But if you treat someone bad, I mean, nothing, no resolve comes out of that. And so if you have a kid that is a turd. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it's because you're a turd. Yeah. Let's just call it baby ugly. Let's just yeah. say what it is. Yeah. So if you notice turd tendencies in your kid, you can always write the ship. And you can always say, hey, Jimmy, Susie, I don't like how you speak to your siblings. I don't like how you're in a pre unappreciative. And I don't want you to do this. If said things happen, here's where we draw the line. And if you draw the line, then I don't have to draw the line when I see them as an adult and they, they talk to me reckless. And then we have a direct conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's usually the answer is having personal sovereignty of being nice, teaching nice, and going about your way, and that living your best life for you without interrupting others, and then teaching your kids to do the same, and then making sure you take care of yourself yeah. so that way others don't have to take care of your your missteps. I mean, that's that's it, man. That is I, it. I think so. That's it. And then just have a damn good time with those wrong people. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> See, and that it's perfect timing for Christmas like this too, because 
a lot of these issues are going to be around family members, right? Yes. Apply these same things and give people grace because they're not in your house every day. They're not around you every day, and you never know when's the last time you're going to talk to exactly. them. Exactly. Savor that moment because um, I've been the same way where I would dread it, and we all do. We dread this. Like, we got to deal with Aunt Barbara this, this weekend, or we got to deal with Uncle Bill or whoever. You know what I mean? Watch them stories. Our grandma. But then what happens when that next meet, you know, that yeah, next man. junction, they're not there, and you're like, shit. You know, it happens, you know, and we're all yeah. guilty of it. But, yeah, man, savor the moments. And on Christmas season, man, that those little principles right there. Oh, somebody wrote that down. We need to timestamp that. <laughs> you write that thing down. All those principles. And it just, it's common sense, but yeah. somebody needs to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if we can at least start that, maybe our generation won't feel it, but the next one might. Yeah. And that encourage resiliency. I hate <laughs> but encourage the resiliency of just because you take an L does not mean that you quit. You don't quit. You just find the way to win. I agree, bro. Oh, I like it, man. Let's wrap it up right there. I got you. Thank you so much. Hey, man, Always appreciate pleasure, you having bro. me. Hey. Grind to shine 365. You know, That's you know the man. what's happening. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone.